You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. What's going on, fam? It's me. Welcome to STEM Media, where we discuss the most inspirational and creative topics in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And we have a purpose here at STEM Media. Our purpose is to elevate and empower you. I am your host, Dr. Nehemiah Mabry, and I am feeling good. Why am I feeling good, you might ask? Well, I'm feeling good because today is no exception. I'm blessed. What's going on, fam? It's me. Welcome back to the STEM Media Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Nehemiah Mabry. I'm a proud black man in STEM, an engineer, educator, and of course, startup CEO and founder right here at STEM Media. Now, fam, our last episode, we had Talit Cooper from Zeroverse. She came on and shared what she's doing with the metaverse and how it can be used to benefit society. Well, today, Ralvin Koch extends our conversation on the metaverse as it relates to the future of work. His company, FutureWise, works with organizations, celebrities, and really any individual who is looking to move their business to the metaverse and simply understand what it is and how it can benefit them. It's not something that Ralvin could have imagined when he was growing up, but he did know that he didn't want to fit into a mold. Being immersed in, in, our, in the culture, music, entertainment, you know, those are the things that we, we love. Play, I play sports, but I realized when I got to high school that I didn't necessarily want to do any of those things that I considered to be like what society considered to be like, you know, the stereotype, you know, for black people. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, do something different. And I remember in high school trying to figure out like, what am I going to do to make it to what they consider at least the middle class? To make it, quote unquote, meant getting a good job out of college. And that's exactly what he did spending time as a business analyst. But he always had the entrepreneurial gene as well. And when the company he was working for sold to Oracle, he found support from the founder and eventually ended up in West Africa running a business. And it's funny because we sat down, he, he gave us like two weeks and said, you know, think of something. And we had tons of ideas. And it's funny when I think back, my idea was not necessarily the one to go to, to Africa. Okay. When I think back and I still have the notes, it was the metaverse. At the time. I mean, that's what you thought of then. I had this idea then. I was like, wow, man, we can create something called the face, like a Facebook killer because back then, you know, Facebook was, was rocking. My space was really rocking. Right, and right, right. What, what year is it? I mean, this is obviously early 2000s, right? Yeah, this, this is now like 2007, 2007, okay. 2008. Yep. And I think, MySpace was just recently sold, or I think, out. And Facebook, you know, they were going through their lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all this madness going on. And I'm like, Facebook's not even that hot. Like, MySpace was better yeah. to me. Like, it was more flexibility. You know, you could, yeah. you know, express yourself a little bit better. That's right. Yeah. And so I, I thought, um, you know what? All these shows are popping up. Wouldn't it be great if we could? go like be in a virtual space with people with other like our friends and watch television shows inside of some virtual space or if i wanted to go to the mall with a friend as opposed to going to the mall like how could i walk how could i go to the mall and shop and you know try a shirt on and then like purchase that shirt without actually being there but like hanging out in the mall i was thinking more community how do we build more community virtually and do things with friends and have a good time yeah, and, uh, I, I had another guest, by the way, and not to cut you off, talk about The Sims. Remember the game yeah. The Sims? Like that was really like a lot of people's 
first visualization of like what it would be like in like this metaverse, right? So like they were really popping. I remember back in the day, The Sims and people designing their cities and roller coasters and having live. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't even play The Sims, but then when I started to do the research, I knew of, of Sims, but I didn't really make the connection. But I started to do the research. I'm like, oh, is there anything out there like this? And I came across Second Life. Oh, okay. It's funny because Sims and Second Life are like that first generation kind of metaverse concept. True. And I was like, oh, wow, something like this already kind of, well, they, they weren't doing like going as far as I was going. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, yep, first generation. Yeah, yeah. they were doing some, they were doing some other things and uh, some impressive stuff too. And if you see it, uh, Second Life today, you're like, wow. They've actually done a lot and built economy around it. But at the time, the founder, our investor was like, you know, I just, I just did, I just sold a tech company. I don't really want to do tech again. Let's do something different. And so that's why we went into the direction of the business in Africa on the ground, which was also making, you know, really more humanitarian and making an impact too. Right. But I'm shocked when I think back, I was like, wow, I was already thinking. Back about then, it. right? Yeah, you had that idea. You're a visionary, man. Like in its true sense of work, like you have the ability to see something how it is, and then also see what it could be, and kind of has this whole thought of like, man, wouldn't it be great if that 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 yeah. right? Like you got a lot to fill in the blank. So for you to be now the chief metaverse strategist, right, of Futurewise, Futurewise group that talks about the future of work. I mean, that looks at the future of work and so forth. Like it, it all makes sense, right? Just hearing your story, it makes sense. So what was that mature? That more mature thought, though, that then launched the idea of FutureWise, you know, fast forward to what we're, what we're working on now. What happened was, you know, we lost our funding All right. for the West African business, right, because of the, the whole economic crash. Investors were saying Africa was already too risky. You know, you guys shouldn't put any more money into it. And so during that time period, it was for me, I left my job and it was hard to kind of get back into the workforce, mm -hmm. you know, because we had the, we had the big crash. And then. I realized at that moment, like, wow, you, you can have all the skills you want, but if you don't have your own business or something to monetize, if you can't monetize yourself, we'll be in trouble. So yeah. that kind of always stayed with me, you know, that even though I was into entrepreneurship, and I was still relying on someone else's funding, or I had to rely to get back into a job. Like, I, I, from then I tried to figure out, like, how can I monetize myself? How can I build my own brand mm -hmm. around myself? And then how do, how do I make sure that other people are aware? that you know if you go through a, a situation like this again like another crash that they need to be prepared as well so you know i did go back into the workforce eventually and start to do more you know work more continue into the tech space testing software software test engineer so i had a number of different type of roles you know learned about agility continue to kind of build my skill sets again um and understand the whole tech ecosystem what was happening and around 2014, I was working for NBC Universal. Okay. They decided again, now they wanted to automate me out of a job. You know, I was running a, whole, a department where we were doing manual testing of, you know, some of the, the applications that you download on your phone to watch some of their shows. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the, the company's always thinking like, how can we, how can we minimize costs? How can we speed it? How can we speed things up so we can get to production more quickly? Right. And so they want to, they want to automate that and not have man right. people manually doing that we paid automation less than we pay robin basically <laughs> exactly or in the whole team yeah let, let's get the let's get the manual testers out and let's ship this over to a group of people that know how to automate right. and again, again i'm like wow i see what's happening with technology and with the future of work mm -hmm. individual people will be displaced from automation 
artificial intelligence, all machine learning, all these things are gonna, you know, continue to, to kind of gain speed. And so I wanted to make sure that people understood that. And I started to kind of focus on future of work and uh, created a podcast around surviving the future of work and sharing that type of information. So that, that brings us up to like 2019. I was, you know, talking about surviving the future of work, but I found that a lot of organizations were gravitating to that information because they realized that it's not only like the people that are the bottom of what they would consider inside of the organization. It's almost mm -hmm. a lot of roles, a lot of white collar roles. Right, right. Anything, anything can get it, can get the cut. Yeah. Anybody can get it, right? Like nobody's, yeah. nobody's safe. And at that time, what I'm doing is uh, corporate transformation, helping to change mindsets and behaviors with agility because large organizations are being disrupted and they're still being disrupted and they're losing, they're losing, right? These big companies that we, we've seen over the last hundred years are starting to fall because right. we have new companies are coming up and they're doing things different. Yep. So not only are individuals being disrupted, organizations are also being disrupted and they need to learn how to do things uh, differently. They need to be more agile. Right. And so I was helping to change the mindsets inside of organizations with developing agility training um, and building capabilities inside of organizations. And you need a strategy for that. And um, when, when the pandemic happened, I realized, wow, they start, we start talking more about the metaverse. And I realized the metaverse is the future of work. The metaverse is the next iteration of the internet. A lot of businesses and jobs are going to be put into the metaverse. And one of the reasons companies started talking about it is because they were during the pandemic, they were like, how do we, how do we make sure that we have collaboration from our employees and we don't lose engagement and they feel like they're together? And the metaverse gives them the opportunity to kind of do that if they can create a digital twin of their headquarters and put it virtually inside of a metaverse, and then they can bring all their employees into one place. They're in the office, right? They're, everyone's back to the office in the metaverse. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So this is the next version of the future work. And the metaverse in itself is this whole ecosystem and economy. And I'm like, companies don't know anything about it. They don't know how to get in, involved in it, unless you're one of the big few companies that have like, they're part of like the vision around it. But most companies are not gonna know what to do. You're gonna need a strategy. And so that's where I said, okay, let me take now all these skill sets that I've built up over the years, my technology background, because the, the metaverse is what they consider to be web 3.0. We're kind of in that transition to web 2.0. We're transitioning over. So I'm bringing the web 2 skills and looking at what are the web 3 skills that are necessary, building those skills and then building and helping organizations to build the strategy to make that transition themselves. Hey, hold that thought real quick. We're going to pause for a moment to take a break and we'll be right back. I see that. And a lot goes into that, right? Like we, we've talked about just the fact that like, all right, not just how do we get company and people involved into Web3 and the metaverse, but then there's so many things, you know, cultural, mental, emotional safety. Like we, we've talked about so much of that that also goes into consideration. So can you talk a little bit about some of the stuff like that that people may not even think of, you know, when it comes to mental and emotional you know, aspects of, of shifting to, to the metaverse. Yeah, there's a lot that goes involved, uh, gets involved there because like if you, anybody's been following news, we've seen a lot of cases where people are saying that they've been harassed inside of the mm -hmm. metaverse. And, and mm -hmm. some people are like, well, how's that even possible? How can you be harassed? But you'll find out that not only you can actually um, experience sensation inside of the metaverse if you had the right gear. And eventually right. that's, we're going to get to a point where people have 
little body suits mm-hmm. if they if they want to experience that. And when I mentioned Second Life. People actually have relationships inside of the metaverse, right? Wow. Even you know when you put on from an emotional perspective, right, and a psychological perspective, just putting on a headset. If you have an Oculus, mm-hmm. if you put it on, some of the first scenes that you see might be like a horror movies. Like I've seen like Nightmare on Elm Street or, or Jason, and like they have like those experiences. But what if it's a child putting on that headset and they've never seen those type of films before or mm-hmm. they click that by accident? The psychological trauma that can ensue will be, you know, really detrimental to them. And the parent may not even know right. what, they, what they saw. They could be living as an adult or they just happen to be in the adult exposure in the metaverse yeah. by accident. By accident. And, and it's yeah. funny because when you put on, OK, I think I think Meta or Facebook doesn't it says. Well, you know, it's not necessarily for anybody that's under 13, but we all know like parents are just buying those headsets for the kids and there's nothing in there to stop. There doesn't, there's no separate experience. I don't think there's a setting that says, how old are you? And then it it doesn't show you like a different set of um, images or or apps or anything like that. So you have those type of experiences. And then even inside of, you know, like Roblox, Mm -hmm. parents that are listening, you may have kids that are using Roblox. That's Roblox is a, Another example of the metaverse, our children are actually more familiar with the metaverse than we are. They may not necessarily call it that, but right. that's kind of where the technology kind of almost starts, right? With with the kids, because I mean, it's hundreds of millions of kids on these apps every day, right? Yeah. They're building, they, they understand that there's a virtual economy, but then there are adults that can also enter into those experiences as well right. with children. And yeah. so you never know, like if that's an adult, that looks like an avatar, and that that's some of the some of the other safety issues, right? You know, trafficking yeah. and things like that, stealing information, you know, really manipulating children inside of these applications can be really a really big uh, issue. So you actually brought up too, I guess, one of our previous conversations about just that brings up whole legal questions, like how do you litigate things that happen in the metaverse, right? Like, what are going to be the rules of engagement? What are going to be you know, ways of being able to prove evidence fact. I mean, I guess evidence from a standpoint, you can roll the tape. I don't know if that's even possible, but still, nevertheless, right? Like, what are your rights? Like, when you go into a metaverse, is it the rights of the place that created it or is it the rights of the place where you stay? You know, like, just what's going on as you get into people who, you know, have things that they need to take take to court and litigate? And I think you even mentioned that, was it, was it one of your Family members that was interested in law, focused on the metaverse oh, or something. That's right. That's right. My my ten year old son, okay, you know, interested in like maybe metaverse law, like more digital law in the future, which is becoming huge. I'm starting to see a lot of IP lawyers pop up for the metaverse, and like you said, it is going to be it is an issue, and that's one of the key things that people need to remember. That's why there's so much opportunity here because the metaverse is really like building a new a brand new world, and everything that you need. All the foundation and the structure that you need inside of our real world, we need to make sure that it 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 has to be inside of the metaverse as well, right? And so we're building from scratch. So right now is the wild wild west, but you know we need people to put their thinking caps on, and we need people to bring all the skills that they have, because it can translate into into the metaverse. And so a lot of lawyers are are looking at you know issues that are happening, and these cases that are popping up are setting the new guidelines and standards. Um, and new bills are being created to create, you know, protection inside of the metaverse. I think Joe Biden actually even has a, a team 
reviewing everything that's going on with crypto and the metaverse and trying to put guidelines and things in place because it can get out of control. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is the opportunity or just things to be aware of for Black people specifically, yeah. right? The predominant, you know, our audience predominantly are Black people. And I'm just curious to know, when you think about, you know, the plight of Black people and who we are as a people, like what are some of the things that come to mind as it relates to shifting to the metaverse? Yeah, I think there's a it's a huge opportunity for Black people because, like I said, this is an opportunity to bring your creativity, mm-hmm. to bring your innovation, and I think we we are we all know we are the creators. Everything that we most of the things that we see out in the world pretty much started with us, right? And someone yeah. along the way hijacked it and tried to make it their own and rewrite to rewrite history. Um, yeah. But I think this is an opportunity where Black people can look at the metaverse opportunity. And say, wow, how can I, how could I create a world that I want to live in, that I want my children to live in, and build that? See, the thing about the metaverse, the metaverse is a universe. And when we think about our own universe, there's multiple planets inside of the universe, right? When you think about the metaverse, you should think, wow, how can I build my own planet? How can I build my own world? Because Facebook has its own horizon world. Like I said, Roblox has something. Everyone's going to build their own world. Yeah. We can't think about it like, oh, okay, I can't wait for Facebook. I can't wait to go be a creator inside the Facebook horizon experience. Facebook is going to own that economy. This is an opportunity to own your own and create your own economy, create your own world. Yeah. And I think I think that's what people don't realize. If we think about it like, hey, you can build your own world, literally, and start to put down buildings and put all black cities and black avatars and create business. We talk about black business, right? Buying, you know, buying, buying black. We can do that inside of the metaverse and keep our money circulating inside of our own virtual world. Yeah. Right. And so every idea that you have can be introduced there and you can go kind of beyond. And, you know, I was speaking last week at the NFT Atlanta con and I was saying that one of the things that we need to get over is, we need to strategically build it though, right? Because a lot of people, yes, there's opportunity for everyone to kind of build their own world, but they're mm-hmm. not all going to survive, right? Even mm-hmm. a lot of companies mm-hmm. that are going to try to build their own thing, eventually there are going to be a few that are left. But I think for Black people, we need to think strategically at a high level, how are we going to build one that is going to uh, be long lasting for us, right? And we need to come together and we need to collaborate a few, you know, a lot of, you know, our top thinkers and the people that have the money to build a really good metaverse world for our people, you know, that that we can all thrive in so that we're not competing against each other and then we all fail and then we got to shift back to somebody else's. Right, right, right. right. And then they, like Facebook announced that they were going to take 50, 40 or 50% of the creator's earnings. Like if they create an NFT or they create anything inside of their metaverse uh, world, that they're going to take 50%, 40 to 50% of that. Like already you're a slave. And who can stop them? Who can stop them? You know, Who can start, and then they, that's before you even get taxed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so now you just yeah. got 20 percent for something that probably made millions of dollars. They made the, the line shit. All right. We're going to take a break here real quick to pay some bills and we'll be right back. Man, that's crazy. And it's a lot to think about, but it's but it's exciting nevertheless. And Robin, this has been great, man. I feel like there's more conversations that need to be had, you know, with you and I offline. We already know that, man. But. I'm just wondering as we get ready to wrap this up, man, if there's anything you can maybe tell the audience to do by way of a call to action 
anything you want them to go and kind of stay in touch and then give us some parting words of wisdom before we say goodbye. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it all up in one. I think this is a critical moment in history. Critical. I mean, this opportunity that lies ahead of us, you know, that we're in the middle of right now, Black people, we need to kind of wake up and, and pay attention. There's a lot of distraction going on in the world right now. Mass shootings and war and gas prices. So many things to distract you from what, you know, this is our, our moment in time. And that's why the distractions are there. And we need to put the blinders on and focus on, you know, our next generation. Because always in the midst of chaos is an opportunity. And this opportunity that's permitting, showing itself to us right now, we can't ignore it. I mean, this is that opportunity that can shift the whole power structure of the planet. Seriously, that's how big this is right now. Citibank released a, a report in, in March saying that the metaverse is a, is a 10 to $13 trillion business opportunity. Trillion. Wow. They will tell, they will tell you, oh, that it's a scam. The same way they told you Bitcoin and that was a scam. 10 years ago, right? When it was 10 cents, right? But guess what? It's a scam, but it's still gone, right? And they're still building. Right, they're still, they still buying it, yeah. So as soon as you realize that these same people, the same tricks that they've been using, they're going to continue to use, don't be fooled. Look for your, your place, your opportunity. Like I said, anything that you do inside of the real world, you'll be able to take that skill and implement it inside of the metaverse. You're needed, right? Or what can you figure out what skills you do need or that you what do you want to become right you could become anything. and this is almost an opportunity to become a god to be honest with you to build something to, to design a, your own world uh great community uh and, and i want to say to you guys this is our opportunity let's put the petty bs to the side and this is our opportunity to to come together and create generational wealth um but we got to understand we can't allow someone else to tell us all right, now you can go in because I'm telling you, I'm in, I'm watching the conversations. I'm not in those, all the conversations. I see what's happening. The rest of the world is building ahead of us, right? Like they're, they're the ones, the tech companies that are really doing the big stuff here. Uh, and a lot of the new creators of some of the avatars you're seeing, they're in like the Netherlands, they're in France, they're in Japan. I'm in the conversations with them on like LinkedIn. Right. And then and they're doing it. They're not, they're not waiting for permission. So why are we? They're trying to. And, and, and what I don't like is they are trying to create our culture for us. And that's one of the dangers of the metaverse, because people, once they put on an avatar, they could be anything that they want. So we, you know, identity is going to be critical and being able to identify who your people really, you know, who we really are, because there's going to be a lot of fraud and things that are taking place there. So we definitely need to be vigilant, start to build community now, pay attention to what's going on. You know, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome, man. How can they find you online, though? You can find me online at uh, Rolvin Cook. I'm on Instagram. I actually just joined TikTok. TikTok is, is listen, I'm, a, I'm an 80s baby, man. I was struggling with the TikTok thing a little bit, but I'm going to get on there. Uh, Rolvin Coke 8000. And uh, on LinkedIn, I'm that's where I am the most. So Rolvin Coke on LinkedIn. And if you want to, you know, reach out to FutureWise, uh, um, check out FutureWiseGroup.com. And we also have a podcast called Metaverseology, where we are trying to deconstruct the metaverse uh, and demystify it. So you can check us out on any place where you listen to your podcast. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. 
hope you all go check that out robin thank you so much for your time man this was this was a dope conversation thank you for coming on the podcast thank you man pleasure can't wait to do it again That concludes this episode of the STEM Media Podcast. Thank you, my man, Rolf and Coke. And for more on FutureWise, you all head over to futurewisegroup.com. Fam, I'd love to know what you think. Is the metaverse the future of work? Have you given it more thought after hearing our episode last time and today? You can put this episode on your Instagram stories or even a clip on your TikTok. And if you tag us, we're at STEM Media, we'll be sure to repost or share it on our stories as well. And yo, thank you so much for listening. If you like this show, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, share all things to spread the word on STEM careers and STEM media. This podcast was produced by STEM media and influence. And just in case you didn't know, you have something special for which the world is waiting. So why are you come on over and join our community of students and young professionals at stemmedia.com slash connect. And until next time, Take care, fam. Peace.